Welcome to Meadowbrook Church, loving Jesus by loving people. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. Well, it feels exciting today, doesn't it? There's something in the atmosphere today, and we are very excited here at Meadowbrook to have Reverend Terry Bone with us. And so I first met Terry as an infant, believe it or not. I was... uh, just born and my parents came to Jesus and they were looking for a church and we were living in Burlington so they found Mississauga Gospel Temple uh, which was a bit of a drive but they really connected with it and Terry was on staff there as one of the associate pastors and uh, over the years my parents decided to pick a church a bit closer to home and so they kind of lost touch but then in the mid 90s there were stories of the Holy Spirit moving in amazing ways in Toronto and Pensacola Florida and different spots around the world and one of the places one of the churches that was being impacted by this move of the Spirit was called Lake Mount Worship Center in Grimsby, Ontario. So if you've ever driven up to St. Catharines, you've driven past it. It's on your left-hand side as you're heading towards St. Catharines. It's on the highway. And God was doing amazing things at Lake Mount Worship Center, and my parents heard that Terry was there, and they knew him, and so we checked it out. We eventually made that our home church, and so my family sat under Terry's ministry there for many years. Uh, And then when I was called to ministry, Terry said, well, instead of going off to Bible college, why don't you stay here with us on staff, and we'll train you and we'll mentor you here, and so you don't have to go off. We'll do that here. And so Terry became and remains my key ministry mentor, which is something that I'm very proud of. And even though I've had many mentors over the years, Terry has remained my key mentor. He taught me how to preach. He taught me how to lead. uh, Taught me so many things. He performed our wedding. He dedicated our children. Uh, He remains as our pastor, uh, just personally as a couple for Sarah and I. And so Terry uh, left that church eventually. It was 15 years ago, I think. Was that right? I was doing the math. Wow. 15 years ago, Terry left that church, and he and his wife Melissa began ID Ministries, uh, which stands for Identity and Destiny Ministries, and they have since traveled the world all over every continent, and their heartbeat is to encourage God's people through the Word and through the Holy Spirit. And so they build up leaders, and they uh, just bring blessing wherever they go. And so we are very excited to have Terry here. Uh, I wanted you guys to meet him for a while. I feel like I'm like bringing home a new girlfriend to meet my parents. It's like, (laughs) finally you guys get to connect, and uh, we're very excited that he's here. So would you please welcome Terry as he comes. Uh, Well, that's a new first for me. I've never been introduced as somebody's girlfriend before. (laughs) I think I'll remember that. My wife is in New Zealand at a family wedding, so I think I'm going to text her that one. I'll just let let her think about that on the plane. Wow, with an introduction like that, I can hardly wait to hear what I'm going to say. (laughs) Thanks, Chris. No pressure. (laughs) Now, I didn't get, I I need clarification here. Do first-time visitors get the coffee or the mug? Both. Well, I want my first-time gift here. That, that's really upscale. Uh... Yeah, that's impressive. Um, wow, it. Uh, I want to uh, speak from the from the heart today. I have a message that's really fresh and I think pertinent. And um, 15 years ago, when we started the traveling ministry, and we took a long walk off a short plank, and uh, my we had two two uh, of our children were in university, and uh, the Lord made it very clear to me, extremely clear, with many confirmations us to resign our church just when we'd paid off the debt, just when we'd added staff, 
just when things were going great. Had seven on staff, five had been raised up from within the church. It was like the perfect time to put on a little cruise control and enjoy life for a year or two. And the Lord said, it's time to hand it over. So um, he made it clear who, and it, it worked out. But to, to take that step was a big one. Uh, don't try this at home unless you know God has been speaking to you. But I'll remember an older man in the Lord uh, prayed over us right at that time. And um, he was a pastor. And I believe the Holy Spirit was speaking to him, and he said, uh, Terry and Melissa are going to say the same thing in a lot of different places because we started out with our family blessing seminar. He says, Lord, every time they speak, may it be fresh. May it never be, you know, like yesterday's bread. And so I feel like that um, in our 16th year, and it just feels fresh. In fact, the, the message I'm going to speak to you today, I haven't preached very often, and it will be tailored for today's situation. But before I get there, let me just mention there are some products out in the lobby. Uh, Melissa and I have written the Family Blessing Guidebook, Everything You Need to Know to Have a Blessed Family. Uh, sometimes people say, oh, my kids are grown, so I don't need that. Well, I can understand when you, when you read the title, you think that. But this is actually how to use words, deeds, and ceremonies to bring release and favor and uh, uh, holy, uh, like heaven's encouragement into people's lives. So for any of your most important relationships, this is good for teachers, for husbands and wives, and a third of that book is just how to do it. It's all based on the Bible and the life of Jesus. Uh, also, today we have um, another book, but first, before I, I uh, tell you what that is, um, is there any, are there any ladies here who are saying, you know, it's September, summer's over, I just really need to get back to my daily devotions. Anybody that feels that way? Okay, you started nodding. Here you go, this is my wife's devotional book. Melissa was on Huntley Street for a year, about 10 years ago. She was on the Full Circle program, and that's her list of studies there. She, uh, one day she realized that the gospel writer Luke uh, mentions women more often than the other writers. So she did a study, and there's 40 women mentioned by Luke in the Gospel of Luke in the book of Acts. So that's Melissa's little vignettes on all the women from Luke and Acts. So those books are out there today. And uh, just in case you're interested, we have a new book coming out called uh, The Great Exchange, Passing the Baton Between Generations of World Shapers. For people my age, this is about how to be relevant, how to take all that we've learned and make sure the next generation picks it up. The analogy is a relay race with a baton. So this is for people who want to know what am I carrying and how can I help others with it. This is not the book, this is a preview. The book is actually at the uh, printer now, being printed, come out in a couple of weeks. But here's a sample, and if you're interested, that's on the table as well. Okay, enough for the commercials. Have to do that. Uh, I grew up attending a United Church part-time, because my parents went to church like just about everybody did in the 60s in that time in Toronto. Grew up in Toronto, but I escaped. And uh, we now live on the clean side of the lake in Grimsby for the last quarter of a century. Um, and uh, I got, I didn't know Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, I, I always loved the ironic blessing growing up because that meant the service was over. <laughs> That's all I knew about that. I had no idea what it was, really. I uh, became a Christian at a Brethren Bible camp, uh, married a Lutheran minister's daughter, whose brother is a Baptist minister. 
So the only place for us was the Pentecostal church. <laughs> so my preaching is really unique for style. <laughs> but uh, that's who I am, and Chris has told you the rest. I want to ask you a question. You can get your a Bible out or your device. Um, if you have a, a phone or an iPad or whatever you use, you know, I've heard some, some ministers, you know, complain about that, that, you know, people should bring their Bible to church. Well, you know, when God met Moses on the mountain, he gave the revelation in two tablets. <laughs> Probably Apple and Microsoft, just so everybody would be happy. So if you have a tablet, that's good too, as long as you can read the scriptures. We're going to be in John chapter 5. I'm going to read you 15 verses, and then we're going to dive right in. It's uh, going to be a little intense, but we're going to get there. I want to ask you a question first. What's something in your life you haven't done yet that you really want to do? Love it. I've done that. Been there, done that. And I'm afraid of heights, but I did it. Went with my son. It's great. When you get up that high, it just looks like Google Earth. We'll zoom in. You always go the right way. Uh, but if there's something you really want to do, it doesn't have to be rational, but it touches your desires. And desires will trump logic. They, will, they drive us. They motivate us. For me, I, I always wanted to drive a really fast car. Like, I mean the Lamborghini Countach, something that, like, let's get above 200 kilometers an hour, and then let's see what this thing can do. Uh, I love the racing car experience. So recently, somebody paid for me, thank you, Jesus, and said, you're going to have some laps at Cayuga, the exotic dream car experience. And I got to go and pick my car, Lamborghini, Ferrari, Corvette, or Porsche. I picked the Porsche because it's the best on the track. Man, you know, they've got 16,000 horsepower, and you get in them. And I got in that car, and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, I took the first corner so fast, the instructor was scared. <laughs> what are you doing? I, well, what do you think I'm here for? <laughs> I knew it wouldn't roll over. Um, but I have to say, it was fun, but it didn't live up to expectations. It wasn't that great, and I'm so thankful somebody else paid for it because there's no guilt on having done that. But uh, uh, so often, what we've hoped for, it doesn't live up to our expectations. But I want you to come with me and visit somebody that had a has strong desire, and what he received lived up to his expectations. But yet there's a there's an encouragement and a little bit of a warning in there for both of us, or for, yes, for, for all of us in this. So, John chapter 5, the healing at the pool, verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five colored colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, and one who has been there, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me. I, if, if you will indulge me, I want to, 
going to act this out, okay? Just imagine what it would be like. Sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. We're going to just jump down to verse 13. The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you're well again. Stop sinning, or something worse will happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. That is a strange story. For me, I I just find that two things that are very unusual there. First of all, Jesus sees a guy that's lame. He's by the pool. It's obvious to anyone else who's been around um, that people are there because they think they might get healed. And that was the tradition. The Bible isn't clear uh, whether or not that really happened. It just says people believed it to happen. And Jesus looks at him, and in verse 6, he says, Do you want to be well? Like, it just begs for a sarcastic answer. And he didn't know who he was. It wasn't like he had to be respectful. It would have been like, Okay, Captain Obvious, why do you think I'm laying here for 38 years? I don't know if that was a good place to pause or not, but... Um, there's always a reason for what Jesus says. He is a great econom- economizer of words. There's always purpose. There's always reason, even when it seems like he's just chatting people up, like on the road to Emmaus. There was deliberate purpose in it. So what was it? What was going on here? Well, if you have notes, I don't know if they've been handed out yet. Okay, they've got notes. Um, sorry, we're back to the 20th century. You need a pen, Okay. We can be aware of our motion, emotions, but not in touch with our desires. Emotions are reactive. Desires are proactive. Emotions are the, you know, joys the flag flying high in the castle of my heart when the king is in residence there. Anybody ever sung that song before? You know, it, it's the woohoo. We're here. It's what we do in worship when, you know, we're responding to the presence. But desires, they're deeper. They, they're, they're motivators. They're, they're the things, they're, they're part of our identity. Emotions aren't really our identity. They're the, they're the results. So Jesus wanted to take this man who was well in touch with emotions, poor me, laying here, feeling left out, feeling rejected, wondering why, probably questioning God. You can fill in the blanks there, figuratively speaking, that, you know, there's, there's a hundred things he might have been feeling. But Jesus wanted to get down to the heart level. And that's, if you take nothing else today from the message, please at least grab a hold of that. Is that when you read the red, as we say in Jesus' words in the Bible, he's, he's always seeing down in. God, you know, man sees on the outward appearance, but God looks in the heart. God told Samuel when he was picking which one of Jesse's sons would be the king. Looking at David, King David, it wasn't obvious he should be the one, but God sees the heart. And so when we use the word desire, we're getting closer to what Jesus is talking about when he talks about the heart. So what, what is it that you desire? Because Jesus wants to talk to you about that. 
You know, there was a time in my Christian life where I would feel that I would feel guilty for going out and driving a Porsche at ridiculous speeds. Well, I did because, you know, I used to do it on the roads, but that's another story. Okay, but that I would feel guilty for, for going out and enjoying myself and putting down the money for that. But uh, Jesus speaks to our desires, and he will give us the desires of our heart, the Bible says, if we take delight in him. One of the reasons is our desires will change, and they'll be good desires, but... There's, there's also a time when a good father just says, I'd like to bless you. I'd like to bless you, and he does, and it's okay. So let's look at what happens when Jesus engages the man at the level of his desires. What is the man's response when he says this? Oh, first of all, let's go a little deeper. What Jesus was actually saying in the Greek was, do you have resolve? So the want word is pretty strong here. Do you have a resolve? Or do you resolve? Do you, have you made a decision? At, I'm, I'm going to do this. Okay, I think I want to go skydiving. I'm not sure I think I want... Okay, I'm going. Okay, and then you stand at the edge of the plane. There's a moment of resolve. Okay, I'm doing this. So Jesus is saying, are you ready? Are you at that point? Are you ready to do it? Are you, are you ready for something to be different in your life? You've been laying here for 38 years. Are you ready for something different? If you are, here's what can be different. You can be made, and the word in Greek is sozo, which means saved, healed, delivered. I'll make you well every part of you. Your spirit, your soul, your body. It's going to be a whole package deal. You just want to be able to walk around like everybody else, but I want to go deeper. I want to do something that's more thorough, more lasting, and you think you just need to be like other people or want that, but there's something in your heart that I'm going to touch through my word. Isn't that fantastic? Do you have the resolve to be made well? Well, the response, because he's been there 38 years, there's a little bit of haze to get through. There's a few layers of ungodly beliefs that Jesus has to penetrate through this man's mind before he's ready to get up and be whole. You see, lame people make lame excuses. Now, I like that. That's a good way to remember it, but I'm going to push this a little further because I, this is an analogy. This whole message today is an analogy. Please, if anyone here has a physical disability, there is no, there is no criticism. There is no, uh, this is not meant towards people of physical disability. I'm using the lame man as a metaphor, an analogy for all of us. We are all the lame man laying beside the pool of Bethesda, and Bethesda's our church. Who has attended church here for at least 38 years? Not this church, but church of any kind. Who's been a churchgoer for 30? I, I got my hand up, see? A lot of us have been going to church as long as this lame man had been. So Bethesda is that place where we go week by week, and we know there's supposed to be healing there. We know that's the place that's supposed to change my life. But you know what? I still feel the same in a lot of ways. I'm still not fully working. I'm, I still, you know, got that anger problem. I still do things that, you know, I shouldn't, like Romans 7. And when I look at that, the question for people who've been stuck for a long time is, before we even do anything, before we help you out, 
or give you relief from your suffering, I want to engage you at the heart level, says Jesus. And I am praying that today that we would all, and I include myself in this because I have been literally spending hours with the Lord for this message because I can't preach this from a heart that isn't prepared. Some messages, you might be able to get away from, with it, but not this one. And we've been, we've been laying by that pool a long time, and we better watch out because here come the lame excuses for not changing. So what does the man say to Jesus? He says, I have no one to help me into the pool. No one cares. No, no one pays attention to me. They come to church. Yeah, they're all happy. They don't know. My husband left me, and I got to go home. I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. I don't know. My, my children, this, my, uh, I lost my job, or my wife, you know, she, she, you know, she doesn't notice. On and on we go. They, them, no one. I'm all alone. No, you're not. You are never alone. You are never alone. Because Jesus is walking up to us today and saying, first, before we go anywhere, I've got to talk to you about your heart. Because if you have the desires that you need to have, we can get from wherever you are to wholeness. We can get there from here. I love that about my GPS because I'm a little directionally challenged. So I put on this British voice on my GPS. It's just so classy. And this lady never, ever gets upset with me. Every wrong turn, recalculating, or take this, or take that, like infinite patience, no matter how many wrong turns I take. Well, I want to tell you that the word of God to you, Jesus Christ himself through the Holy Spirit, it's got that infinite patience. No matter how many wrong turns you've taken, no matter which way you've got, what decisions, there's always a way to get there from here. Isn't that great? He's never cornered. The bridge is never out. It's not like, too bad. Like today, I tried to get from the hotel up here, and it tried to take me up Erie Street. That was a bad choice this morning when you're right down at the ferry dock. GPS didn't mind. She's like, okay, this way. And Jesus is like that when we hit a place and we say, I'm stuck. He says, no problem, there's a way. So no more lame excuses. What was the lame man's response to Jesus' question? Here's a blank to fill in, three of them. He blamed others, he blamed circumstances, and he focused on his own weaknesses. Uh, this is just a fact. You will never become whole as long as you are blaming. It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. And so when you hear yourself in your mind or with your mouth saying, oh, you know, if just the pastor would visit me more often, or if these people would care, if somebody would call me from my small group, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're, we're deflecting now. The first place to go is, Jesus, what do you want to say to me about that? So the lame man's healing began... Here's another blank to fill in. When he heard a direct word from Jesus. A direct word from Jesus. And I want to suggest to you that emotional transformation begins when the truth about God meets the truth about ourselves. That's a rather deep topic. And in our Family Blessing Seminar, we spend about 15 minutes on this topic alone. And let me try it in a minute and a half. 
But we all live by a script. And that script is written by our beliefs. And what you truly believe in your heart about God, about yourself, and about others will determine your choices in life. You, ha you have the freedom of choice. We all do. But your choices are going to be based upon your beliefs. And so many of us believe the right things about God, but the wrong things about ourselves. God's great. Yeah, I love it when Marissa's leading worship. I felt wonderful. But I can't share my faith. I'm a dummy. I don't know what. I can't even memorize John 3.16. So that negative wrong belief can shut down all the goodness that you received in church. And you're not effective out there. So we need to believe the right things about ourselves, and the right things about others and the right things about God. Does that make sense? So Jesus was after this man's belief system. He wanted to change it so that those layers of lies could be moved away so that he could engage him at the heart level and then he would be able to keep his healing. Because Jesus is into fruit that remains, John chapter 15. And he, he wants to give us a chance not just to have a breakthrough, but a follow-through. So here's the next strange thing Jesus says in verse 14. Can you imagine if you'd prayed for somebody that was in a wheelchair for 38 years, and now they're walking, and you saw them like two days later? What would you say to them? Hey, that's cool. Look at this. Hey, try to do this. <laughs> yeah, wow. You know, you'd be encouraging. you You'd be excited, wouldn't you? Wouldn't it be great to see that happen? But Jesus looks at him and says, stop sinning. <laughs> oh, gee. First you heal me, now I'm a... What, what's going on? And now, if I can be graphic for a moment, stop sinning means stop your pattern of sinning. It's, it's like the imperfect tense here. Uh, it's not just, oh, you did something bad since you got healed. It's... You have a behavior pattern that has to stop now. Ah, now what could he have been doing that was so sinful? By, well, he was laying by the pool unable to walk. Let's see, was he a pickpocket? No, that probably wouldn't work. Um, was he an adulterer? Mm, that probably wouldn't work. Like, what could he have been doing that was so bad when he's laying there lame? It wasn't what he was doing. It's what he was thinking what he was saying because out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so Jesus is saying do you have a desire I want to speak to your heart because out of your heart is coming lies coming beliefs that are hurting you and others and it's you've been that way so long you don't you don't even realize it just kind of rolls out of your mouth now it's others it's nobody will help me that's why I'm still like this so Jesus uh Let's, let's put, fill in the blanks. Stop sinning. This passage implies that every breakthrough requires a follow-through. So Jesus found the man that he brought a breakthrough to with the spiritual power, and he says, now here's your part. Change the way you believe and how you talk. That's our next blanks. He had to be changing the way he believed and the way he talked. And if we are going to appropriate and start experiencing the truth we're singing about, talking about, hearing about, we need to be able to directly engage Jesus and say, Jesus, what do you want to say to me about this today? We're going to talk about how you do that in a moment. So just park that thought. Like some of you are going, well, I don't know how to, what do you mean hear God's voice? Like, where is it? 
we'll come back to that. We need to get a personalized word, not treat the scripture like a spam or a billboard, but a personal message. As we read it, let the Holy Spirit highlight those words to us. And then we need to let the Lord Jesus Christ himself start rewiring our brain, retrain our brain to, and the way we talk to confess, then we need to set the rudder on course. To set the rudder on course. The truth will set you free, said Jesus. However, a lie that you believe has as much power in your life as the truth. If you believe something, truly believe it, it will have as much power over your behavior as the truth. So one night I thought somebody was breaking into our house. David was a baby at the time. And I was sure I heard the uh, patio door being jimmied somehow, like somebody was trying to work it. I got up, my heart was pumping, you know, the adrenaline's going. I'm crawling along the hall on the second floor at 2.30 in the morning, trying to be heroic, okay? I'm crawling, and I'm thinking, where's the baseball bat? Oh, are Christians allowed to use a baseball bat against somebody? Like, I'm having a theological argument with myself, and I'm thinking, no, I gotta defend my family, and my heart's beating, beating, beating. And I'm crawling, and I'm going down the stairs, and I still hear this noise, and I hear the noise, and then finally that, is, this noise isn't changing. And it was a branch half broken from my neighbors. We're in a semi-detached, so the tree had grown over, and it was just hitting the door with the wind. I went upstairs, and I'm fine. But for 20 minutes, physiologically, with the sweat, with the heart beating, with my mind racing, I was under the power of, of, a, of the belief of something that was completely untrue. And it will, it will hamper you. So it's very important. If we are going to become whole, it's very important that we let Jesus engage us at the level of our desires. Because that's one of the roots of our identity. There are others, but that's one of the roots Uh, the dark is getting darker. And the good thing about that is the light is easier to see. Last night, I had a little uh, trouble for about 10 minutes going to sleep because the clock in the hotel room was so bright. I thought, oh, it doesn't matter, but it did. So I got up, just put it face down, and I was fine. Because in the complete darkness, those three numbers on the clock were lighting up the room. And so the good news about how bad the world's getting out there is that just the fact that you believe in Jesus Christ and know how to pray, you are a beacon of light. Because just seeing that is amazing to people. And I only say that not to say that I'm more spiritual, more deserving. None of that, folks. I'm just saying that Jesus is that willing to engage us at the heart level. And it's, it's mission appropriate. Whatever your mission is, wherever you're at today, this week, he can do it through another person's word that goes, that makes sense. He can do it when you're reading the Bible, and all of a sudden, you see a word or a phrase or a scripture. You've read it 20 times, and today, it stands out. You ever had that experience? Yeah. See, that's, that's God himself speaking to you. And I'm believing that in these days, we are going to see many people at Meadowbrook, at Lake Point Church, 
at many other places, we're going to they're going to we are going to start seeing people that are engaged at the heart level. They're being transformed and beginning to transform the community. Amen. I'm going to hand the uh, mic back over to your pastoral staff after a prayer. So I think maybe this is the time the worship team comes back, however you normally do that. There's some numbers on a clock up there that are saying, okay, you're done. I used to work as a, in computers. I was a repairman and a systems analyst, and I got paid time and a half for overtime, but it never works on Sundays. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't seem to work that way. I'd like you to bow your heads for a moment and pray with me. Jesus, uh, we want to engage, be engaged by you at the heart level today. We want a renewal in our walk with you. And I'm going to do some, folks, if you would give everyone the uh, privacy of your eyes closed for a moment. Um, we, when we worship, we use our bodies. We sing, we talk, we lift our hands, we play a guitar, whatever. So I'm going to ask you to use your body for a moment, and that is just a hand up if you would say, Terry, after hearing this, I realize that in some ways I'm like the lame man. There's been some stuff that just... It's been a long time and it needs to change. And I'm, I'm open and willing at this point, in this fall of 2018, to hear a fresh today word from God. However he wants to do that, through people, through the Bible, through any means, I just, just like to hear him speak to my heart. And I have a resolve that as he does that, I want to change. If that's you, just put up your hand and you're, you're telling this to Jesus your hands down. Let me pray for you. Pray in agreement with you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for such a wonderful church where your presence is evident, where there's unity, good structure, openness to your spirit. Lord, I truly believe that this church is poised to be a leading light for the gospel in this whole region. And I'm asking, Lord, that even this fall, Pastor Mesh, Pastor Chris, and others in the leadership team, I pray that you'd give them clear, clear vision in where to take this church and this congregation. And for everyone with their hands up, Lord, we're just, we have a desire deep down. And Lord, more than driving, driving a fast car or jumping out of a plane, what we'd really like is, is to be transformed and to be able to be that person that we've been praying about for years. So come, come Holy Spirit, come grace of God. Come wonderful power of God. Come word of God into our life and begin that transformation. And we promise, Lord, that when you do, we'll, we'll start speaking truth. And we'll start changing the way we talk about ourselves. And we'll glorify you with our words and our actions. In Jesus' name, amen. I ask you to stand as we close today. You know, as Terry talked about our hearts and the transformation that can take place within because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And the question for you then is, are you willing to follow through the breakthrough that Jesus has shown you? And you raised your hand and maybe you didn't. And an opportunity to do that today is to come forward and receive prayer. Uh, we have people that are trained and are ready to pray with you as well as we walk through this together. And if God has shown you something this morning, that you need freedom from or healing from, uh, to become whole again. Uh, we, we, we would ask you to come forward and be encouraged in that as well. 
uh, because as we talked about making excuses and sometimes we can do that. I know I've done that in my life. And I think it's important that we put those aside and allow the Holy Spirit to transform us. So if you're feeling that this morning and you need prayer, support, encouragement, we encourage you to come forward. And as people come forward to pray and receive prayer, we ask you again uh, to really be respectful of that. And if you want to visit and hang out and connect, please do that. But do that in the foyer, down the hallway by the cafe. That would be great. So we can have an atmosphere of ministry here as well. And before we wrap up the prayer, service and prayer, I'm going to call Brother Terry up. We're going to pray for him this morning as well. Uh, for his ministry and, and for what God is doing in his life and his family's life as well. Uh, and if you get a chance to, to visit him afterwards, I encourage you to do that in the foyer. Go check out some of his resources as well. You caught a portion of his heart this morning, and there'll be much more of his heart and some of the things he has out in the foyer. And if you want to encourage him or pray with him or bless him, if you have a word for him, we encourage you to do that as well. Let's pray for him this morning. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for Terry. Thank you for how you've used them mightily to encourage many people. And we ask, Lord, as he does some amazing work in different countries, I pray, Lord, that you show him favor, that you show him a new revelation to the Holy Spirit. And in those villages, when he's engaging people with the gospel, that as people hear the gospel, John, that their lives will be transformed to know, Jesus, that you are Lord and that you can change everyone. So we pray, Lord, for blessing over him and his family, that you watch over him, that, Lord, you would protect his health, his mind, his body, his soul as well, that he'd always stay close to you. And Lord, draw near to him. And I pray as him and his wife hang out and as they travel together and are separated times as well, that you would just give them peace in that and give them joy, protect their marriage as well. Thank you for his ministry. Thank you for all the people that support him. And Lord, if you're putting on someone's heart today that you're saying to them to come alongside Terry in prayer or even financial support and blessing, I pray that would happen as well. Uh, make it so. So thank you for his heart. Thank you for the relationship he has with Pastor Chris and his family and just for the heritage that's there as well. We pray you continue to bless that. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being here. Have a great Sunday.